Off the Ball, with thanks to Ford. Introducing the newest member of our team, the mighty new Ford C-Max. Ford, driving expectations even further. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! It's got to be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Are you kidding me? Hard hit into right. Back at the wall. To the game! Big puppy. The grand slam. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! All righty, it's time for U.S. Sports. It's myself and our resident off the ball yank, Donnie Manny. Hello. All right, Joe. We haven't done this in a while. Oh, it's been too long. Where have you been? Um, St. Andrews won. No. Can't remember the other day. Wasn't here. Not the same without you here, i got to say. Yeah. So, it's good to talk to you again. Thank you. We will get on to uh, various subjects, including breaking news surrounding Tom Brady in just a moment. Big mm. news surrounding Tom Brady. But i got to read this first. I don't know what you've been doing in my absence, but mm-hmm. it seems like things have gone a bad way. This text in from Anne-Marie right. goes as follows. Lads, I was at Mass in Temple Moor yesterday. You've really made it now. Three exclamation marks. I couldn't believe, but the priest started talking about off the ball. And about your American guest talking about how the American golfers are so spiritual and the way they thank God after their win. Then he said that your guest was incredulous when Adrian and Donnie started to make a skit of their faith and Bible studies. I suppose no such thing as bad publicity, lads. I'd say Temple Moor are definitely tuned in this evening. Hello, Temple Moor. <laughs> what have you done? Upsetting the priests in Temple Moor. We were having a open and frank discussion about the role that religion and God plays in uh, the PGA Tour. Yeah. Maybe taking a bit of a skeptical perspective on it. Okay. Maybe you've seen this in your own golf love. Well, f- f- funny enough, as you were doing that, I was in Zach Johnson's press conference at St. Andrews where he was quoting scripture to us. This is a real thing. Now, I hope nobody took any... We didn't mean to cause any offense. Mm-hmm. Father, something, we're sorry if we offended you. Well, it seems like you did. You were denounced from the pulpit. My, if the, <laughs> that would count as offense. My mother, the thought of m- her son being denounced by a Catholic <laughs> priest in Temple Moor, of yeah. all places. The thought of it. it yeah, well, we, I'm, I'm, not very, I'm not comfortable with it. It makes me sad. I don't know what's happened. We need to make it our business to let her know. She'll find out one way or another. Yeah. So, let's move on to matters at hand. Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe um, is standing by. He'll join us in a moment. So, essentially, um, we'll get into Tom Brady news, but we're, uh, we're talking Boston Olympics. The US system is that they nominate one city to go for the Olympics. This is it. America, great country that it is. For some reason, the good people in the IOC must have overlooked America's great cities in their recent... Uh, cities to host the Olympics. Mm -hmm. I don't know how this happened, but we haven't hosted the Olympics since 1996. The Atlanta Games wasn't the best games, you might remember. Mm -hmm. There was a a bomb went off. Mm -hmm. There were some other things. Not not the greatest games ever. America wants in. We want back. Mm -hmm. They chose a city. What city loves sport better than Boston? What city summarizes all the passion, the the communal love, you know, the sort of spiritual aspect of sport better than Boston mm-hmm. so the, one of the owners of the Boston Celtics and some business people they got together and they said look we're going to make a play at this the USOC loved the idea 
Right. They said, look, this is only going to cost $4 billion. <laughs> Even though all the previous four Summer Olympics have cost $14 billion. Anyway, the business people, the politicians, they're all for it. Maybe the city of Boston wasn't so sure. And then yesterday, mm-hmm. this, the mayor in Boston, Marty Walsh, pulls an about face, pulls the plug on the whole deal. Here he is talking about why Boston won't be bidding for the 2024 games. I refuse to mortgage the future of the city away. I refuse to put Boston on the hook for overruns. And I refuse to commit to signing a guarantee that uses taxpayers' dollars to pay for the Olympics. As mayor, my responsibility is first and foremost to the taxpayers I pledged from the start and have consistently reiterated the needs to safeguard the taxpayers from cost overruns. So, Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe joins us. Evening, Kevin. Hey, how are you, boys? Good. So, it seems like the mayor of Boston and all the um, the business people there got together and, and after six months realized the Olympics might be an expensive venture. Yeah, I mean, it really come down... There's been a lot of to and fro about why this happened. Uh, one of my colleagues, Shirley Long, wrote basically that we're a bunch of parochial provincial hacks that we can't think big and you can't get anything done in the city, which if you drove around the city, it would remind you of Dublin 12 years ago when there were tower cranes everywhere. Uh, The construction industry is absolutely booming here. The reality is we didn't need the Olympics. Uh, I think it had far more to do with taxpayer liability. Everybody I knew you know, there were, there were people on both sides of this issue who were fervently for the games and fervently against them. And like everything in America, most people were in the middle trying to figure the whole thing out. And the bottom line is uh, they, the people that wanted to put this on could not guarantee that taxpayers would not be left holding the bill after the Olympic juggernaut and NBC pick up their millions and move on to other parts of the world. So it came, as far as I'm concerned, this is just my perspective, and I wrote it today in my column. Hmm. This came down to the reality that the organizers could not provide assurances and that the USOC, at the behest of the IOC, was trying to create a situation where everybody was dancing to their tune, their agenda, and their schedule, and people in Boston said, screw. It's it's as simple as that. We weren't going to jump to their tune. And they couldn't get the, the, the numbers supporting this were in the tepid 40s. And the head of the USOC, Larry Probst, uh, after about a month, when they finally changed the bid and actually disclosed some of the stuff that they were doing, because there was a whole lot of trans, uh, lack of transparency around this. Uh, when they, when they, they finally retooled this a month ago, Larry Probst comes out and says, we'd like to see the support for this in the 60s before you know, we go forward with this in September. And I'm saying... You think in the middle of the summer in Boston, where the only thing we care about is how hot it is and how cold the Red Sox are, that we're all going to start paying attention to this thing and try to figure out whether we support the Olympics. This was never going to work. So it never really captured the public imagination? It it, it captured it only in, I think, a a skeptical sense. The people were like, the other thing, timing is everything. And we just came off the worst winter on record. We had nine feet of snow in three weeks. In fact, the, the great snow pile on the seaport in South Boston finally officially melted last week. Mm. And we, everybody just came through a horrible winter in which the, 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 uh, the rapid transit system completely collapsed under the weight of the snow. 
you couldn't get around anywhere. Now, obviously, the, the Olympic organizers were saying, see, this is a perfect opportunity for us to improve our infrastructure, improve our roads, improve our rapid transport. transport. And, and so in that respect, the timing was good for them. The problem is the taxpayers just didn't want to have, be given that bill. They didn't. The, the idea that you know that this would be the you know the 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 purview of some of the wealthiest people in this region, including developers that were going to do a lot of the building. The idea that they were going to profit from this, and taxpayers were potentially going to take, you know, were going to have to come up with the uh, with the and pay for the overruns was just a non-starter. And they couldn't guarantee that. It, they they did say they were going to take out insurance. They were probably this was going to be the best the best insured most insured game on record. But mm. the problem is the overruns we're talking about are in the billions, not in the millions. Mm. And it didn't you know a lot of the economists who are you know the, the the most dead set against the Olympics saying that they are losers for cities. They happen to be in this region led by Andrew Zimbalist out in Smith college out in, in western massachusetts so you actually had this like in-ground in ingrown group of people who had some serious credentials who were, who were poo-pooing this and just saying this don't buy this this is not something you want to buy it's 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 a bad deal and it's and the other thing about you know if you look at some of the other countries that the IOC likes dealing with authoritarian countries where where there is no dissent yeah. where people don't get to say what they think about things and even you know Los Angeles has said come on bring it on the amount of civic engagement in law, I can tell you I've spent a lot of time in LA LA and Boston are as different as as the two coasts they sit on. They're mm. as different as the Celtics and the Lakers. They are different cultures. And if L.A. wants them, God love them. They've staged them before. They probably know what they're doing. Mm. But, you know, here in Boston, I just think that nobody was willing to take the economic and financial risk that could not be ruled out. Right, okay. And um, before we let you go, the breaking news has just reached us in the last half hour or so. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. So, Roger Goodell, the NFL, have upheld, that's upheld, his four-game suspension. Were we expecting this? Yeah, I was because, first of all, Goodell was in a tough position because Brady wanted it all gone. He wanted all four games lifted. The idea of a compromise here, which is very common in the NFL, a lot of the suspensions that the NFL has put out for you know, for um, the Ray Rice situation, uh, people using, abusing you know, women or children or, their, or the others in nightclubs, this eventually ends up in a reduced uh, sentence. And instead of four games, it's reduced to two. Mm. In Ben Roethlisberger's case, in the, in the alleged rape, he was involved, and it went from six games to four. But this was never in the cards. Goodell made it, Goodell's people made it very clear to Brady's people, you know, that this is something they couldn't do. And Brady's people made it very clear they were going to court anyway. There's been a lot of leaking on both sides about this. What, whether they're telling each other the truth face-to-face is anyone's guess. But the, the one thing that just jumped out at me, because I just saw it on the Boston Globe website, you know, the, the, the NFL statement today made it clear that what this is real, the reason they would not lift any, any of the game's suspension is that Brady had ordered that his cell phone be destroyed. And this is something they were not aware of, apparently, um, until June 18th. So that's about four months after Ted Wells and the, his investigators had sought that cell phone 
and they're saying there's something like 10,000 text messages that Brady um, had exchanged in, in that in that four month period that it was in use, and so obviously they believe that was central to their investigation. So, you know, he's being basically punished for you know destroying evidence. That's how the NFL would see it. Right. And so finally, is he going to take that line down, or will he get, will he head on to court? No. He's going to go to court. <laughs> no way. Brady's <laughs> going to go to court. Okay. No way. He was going to court all along on this because I, I never thought for a minute that Goodell was going to give him everything he wanted anyway. There's no way. You know, Goodell was not going to lift all four games. And yeah. so this was always going to end up in federal court. So it continues as training camp begins this week. Okay. Listen, Kevin, thanks so much for all that. Thanks, boys. Kevin Cullen there of the Boston Globe. Your immediate reaction to that, Donnie? Well, I, we, boy. again, we've been robbed. Guilty. We were screwed to get screwed at the beginning. Destroyed his phone accidentally, I presume. No, from I I had access to that uh, statement that Goodell put out. Uh, he said that there's evidence demonstrating Brady arranged for the destruction of potentially relevant evidence requested by investigators. This evidence uh, demonstrating Brady arranged. Oh, sorry, Brady gave his cell phone to his assistant to be destroyed on or about the day he met Ted Wells, so that he was going in, he's heading in to uh, to be interviewed, had his phone destroyed. So you know. Now, the counter-argument is, hey, you're Tom Brady. Why are you giving your cell phone with all kinds of things? You're one of the most famous people in America. Why are you giving your phone to Roger Goodell and the NFL, who are one of the least trustworthy organizations in the world? Mm-hmm. We're going to take this to the federal court, okay. and we're going to see what a federal judge says about it, because Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, he is running a kangaroo court, running the league completely to his own whims. Ray Rice, we all saw what he did, spend two games... 12 months ago mm-hmm. for what went on. Four games for Brady. Recently, this week, the NFL has announced revised uh, uh, revised sort of um, guidelines, guidelines yeah. for administrating, uh, monitoring deflated balls. So the, it, the NFL is tacitly admitting their policy was flawed for Deflategate ahead of the game. The whole thing was crazy. It was really badly organized. Brady's being hung out to dry here. He's the fall guy. Goodell, they're having just a Mexican standoff. Wow. And, and, uh, that and, is an interesting perspective, Donny. Uh, finally, has Donny received Holy Communion in the last week? Is he excommunicated? Have you received word from Rome? Are you good? Do you know? I'm waiting on a, on a WhatsApp message from uh, Pope Francis. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's our US sports lot for this evening. Uh, Michal Omerhertig is on the way after 8 o'clock. Off the Ball, with thanks to Ford. Introducing the newest member of our team, the mighty new Ford C-Max. Ford, driving expectations even further.